Hello friends, Mike and Jody Cleveland with you today for another podcast on living in the new covenant as it applies to relationships. And Jody, what passage are we looking at today? We're looking at Hebrews 12. We've been kind of progressing through the book of Hebrews, addressing different chapters and things like that, um, focusing on new covenant living in relationships, in life in general. But Right. Yeah. So uh, today we're looking at Hebrews 12, and we have to remember the context of Hebrews, which is that the the Hebrew people here had been tempted to go back into Judaism, back under the law, to return to what was comfortable. And they were, um, here in, in Hebrews 12, we can see that they might be um, flagging, right? They might be uh, experiencing tremendous exhaustion in living the Christian life. They were being persecuted. And so the writer to the Hebrews is now going to encourage them. And let's look and see how he encourages them to continue on, shall we? Yeah, I love this so much. All right, so verse 1. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up, and let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. So when he says, therefore, he's simply referring everyone back to the previous chapter where we see the examples of people who lived by faith and who actually lived miraculous lives by faith. Yes. And so he's just saying, look at all them and how their lives turned out as they continued walking by faith and not by sight. Right. And this is who we are as well. We are people of faith. We are people who can live miraculously in a fallen world. And I think that for many years in my life, I did not believe this. I did not have enough faith to believe that I could live differently. I thought, oh yeah, that's so cool. I loved the hall of faith, you know, Hebrews Mm -hmm. 11. I loved reading all those stories. Wow, that was so amazing. Didn't God do amazing things back then? Mm -hmm. You know, but I didn't expect, I didn't expect that I would live by faith, that I would be able to face the difficulties of Mm -hmm. life, not weighed down by them, not beaten down and defeated. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, I hear you. Yeah. So exciting. But if you look at this, there's a couple of admonitions here. And the first one is, let's strip off every weight that slows us down. Right. This isn't particularly speaking of sin. He addresses that later. This is just the things in life that can slow you down from living the Christian life, from ministering to other people, and and so an example might be someone running a race and, uh, you know, they, they've, they've got an overcoat on. Right. You know? It's going to slow you down. Yeah. It's, it's not sin. It's just there are things in our lives, maybe social media or, you know, I don't know. It's just an example. We have sure. nothing against social media. No, we use it all the time. But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, things that you're spending an inordinate amount of time on or, or things that capture your attention and hinder you and slow you down. For an example... I used to spend hours looking at productivity apps. <laughs> Isn't that adorable? <laughs> and, uh, you know, that just slowed me down. Mm. And, and I didn't need to look at productivity apps. I needed to be productive. Mm. Uh, so, you know, things like that are, are things that we can remove 
uh, treating them as a weight that slows us down. I think that's the measure of it too, is to look at your life and to see what is slowing me down. What's keeping me away from ministering? What's keeping me away from seeking the Lord? What are those things in my life? We can't label them for you. We don't know. Mm -hmm. We have our own things that we have had to throw off. And it's sometimes hard, Mm -hmm. right? I think frequently it is. Yeah, and then it says, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. If someone's running a race, um, they don't want to be tripped up. That's going to possibly take them out, certainly slow them down. That's what sin does. Right. It diverts our attention from the goal line and and trips us up and slows us down and weighs us down and hinders our running. Right. Uh, that's, and so we are to throw it off. We are to uh, be rid ourselves of sin. This is you know, part of, of the Bible's teaching is to, you know, be rid of sin. There are ways to do it. It's a matter of having God change our hearts, which we get from washing at the cross. And as we, we look at the cross and experience the cleansing that comes from it, it becomes very simple to simply turn away from the stuff that was destroying us. Right. One of the things in my life that I was really holding me back was bitterness. I was very, very bitter and angry about some things that had happened to me um, in my younger years, and I was holding on to that mm-hmm. and um, and felt justified in it because the people that had done these wrong things to me were wrong. Right. Um, and and so I felt like they don't deserve forgiveness. They don't. They haven't asked for it. They haven't repented of their sin. Mm. They don't deserve my forgiveness. And I was just sort of, I had sort of dug in on this particular thing mm-hmm. and um, with the Lord. And over time, the gospel changed and softened my heart mm-hmm. and helped me to see that I was only hurting myself. I was being held back by my bitterness that I was holding on to. And God helped me take that off, to throw it off. Mm-hmm. And it, I didn't realize how oppressed I had been by it until I let it go, mm-hmm. until I was able to forgive from my heart as I have been forgiven. Not because somebody asked, not because they deserve it, not because of anything about them. Right. But because of what I have received from Christ, right. that opened me up and let me let go of that overcoat of bitterness. Yes, that's wonderful. And and now when you're free from that, you are enabled to run the Christian race. You're able to live the Christian life of faith. With joy and not as a burden. Yes, exactly. Right? I don't feel weighed down anymore. Right. My issues were deception, mm. pornography, sexual impurity, drunkenness. I think I had the whole, everything scripture lists I probably had because I just was was so empty and, and always looking for you know, something that would satisfy me. And all of these issues overran me. Mm-hmm. They just took me out and down, as you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but again, this is where what we're about to read in verse 2 becomes very powerful in someone's life. You want to read verse 2? I do. I do. So it says, we do this. I love this. He tells us what to do and he tells us how to do it. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Right. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame. Now he is seated in the place of honor 
beside God's throne. So the writer to the Hebrews now wants us to look at the gospel. Yes, he does. Uh, the gospel is the motivation for every good thing that happens in the Christian life. Right. So he's taking us to the gospel. He already told us, get rid of sin. It's tripping you up. Now here's how to do it. Right. Take your eyes off of whatever has so captured your attention and fix them on Jesus. Yeah. Look at Jesus. The, the wording here, keeping our eyes on Jesus or fix our eyes on Jesus, has to do with staring intently or purposeful preoccupation with him. Um, Jody, what are some ways that we can fix our eyes on Jesus? Well, we can do it oh, so many ways. Um, two right off the top of my head are um, in the scriptures. When we read our Bibles and we read with the cross in the forefront of our mind, realizing that was the main, most important message. Yeah. So as we read, we look for that hidden message in the Old Testament and the clear message in the New. We don't try to separate um, any scripture from the cross of Christ. Right. Right? So that's one way. Worship songs that have mm -hmm. the gospel in it, another great way. Yeah. Yeah, I think your first way is very important because if you look at 1 John 2, 12 to 14, the example is given of Christian maturity. He talks about little children who only know of forgiveness. Right. And then he talks about young men. And he describes them as being strong and overcoming the evil one. And then he shows us why. He says, because the word of God lives in you. I will tell you this from personal experience that there will be no Christian progress apart from a person taking their Bibles into a solitary place if they can get solitary, to get alone with God in His Word. And then just begin to read the Scriptures. You may not understand everything. You may not, you know, have a theology degree. You're, maybe you're just new to the faith. But read your Bible you know, Charles Spurgeon said that we should read, uh, we should visit Christian books, but we should live in the Word of God. Mm. And I think that's so powerful because people simply will not change. They won't be equipped to be able to confront the uh, world around them, the devil's temptations. They simply won't have the Word affecting them in power right. so as to be able to displace the thoughts they have. Right. Uh, and, and this is the very purpose of the Word of God and the Spirit of God, is to give you this um, power to be able to knock down thought strongholds that right. come. And you're just at the mercy of Satan if you don't have that Word. So my encouragement to anyone wanting to run the Christian life is to get in the Word of God like you never have before, mm -hmm. to study Scripture, to know the truth. And to really let the Word of God dwell in you richly, yeah, right, so that you are able to um, navigate life in a way that you're not thrown down by sin, by temptation. So that is the first way, to keep our eyes on Jesus. Uh, and then there's another important thing, which you've already alluded to, Jody, and that is 
It's not necessarily the birth of Jesus or the life of Jesus, the miracles of Jesus, or the teaching of Jesus right. that we are called to focus on. Right. It is the death of Jesus. Yes. And it says that in verse 2, because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross. And that is what we're to fix our eyes on. Right. Um, Jody, how, what, why is that? I mean, you think about what the world might think of fixing your eyes on a cross, on someone's death, and that seems like foolishness. So why do you think it's so important for us to fix our eyes on the cross? Because it was at the cross where Jesus initiated our faith, right? He, our faith was born. His death brought our life. Right. Right? And that's why it's imperative for us to not forget the cross. When we look at the cross, we see our release. We mm -hmm. see our rescue. Yeah. We look there and all that sin that we have committed in our past or just five seconds ago, whatever mm -hmm. it is. Yeah. Right? The fear, the anxiety, the frustration, the anger, the bitterness, the rage. You fill in the blank with whatever your struggle is. Mm -hmm. All of that Jesus bore in his body on the tree. Amen. Right? And so when we look there, we see him purchasing our freedom. We see him taking our shame. It says he um, disregarded the shame. Mm -hmm. he, he was like, it's okay. I take the shame. I will wear it. So you don't have to. Mm -hmm. That's how much I love you. That's how precious you are to me. I will lay down my life so that you, my beloved, can go free. So that we forever in eternity can be united as husband and wife. This is the best news. And we see it all right here at the cross. It's so exciting. You know, if we focus on... The miracles Jesus did or his birth, these are all wonderful things and really beautiful. And mm -hmm. that's why God included them in the scriptures. But when we focus on the cross, now that changes our lives, mm -hmm. right? We're yes. not going to forget about his birth. We're not going to forget about his miracles or his perfect life. We see all that at the cross too. Mm -hmm. He had to be born if he was going to die, right? So the cross is the pivotal Point, and this is why the writer to the Hebrews says, he points us right there and says, keep our eyes on Jesus. He endured the cross. Right, exactly. And this is the motivation that believers have for running our race. Jesus is the supreme example here of faithful endurance. Right. Our endurance in the Christian life depends on our keeping our eyes on Jesus, right. um, staying focused on him and the cross. Um, and also, I love that word that he went to the cross uh, for the joy awaiting him. That joy is seeing you sitting here right now free. Yeah. You with no guilt. Yeah. You with no shame. Right. You free indeed uh, by the death and the sh bloodshed of Jesus Christ. It's to see people who will believe in him be released from their shackles of sin. Yeah that they will be find a new life, get a new heart, a new motivation. This was joy to him. Right. And he endured the most horrendous suffering because of that joy right. that was set before him. 
So it is important to understand he he didn't go, yeah, I guess I got to go to the cross to redeem those wretched <laughs> sinners. No. no, it was for the joy, his heart full of joy to go to the cross. It was as if he couldn't wait to set us free. Right. And release us. We we read we read in the scriptures about the anguish that Jesus felt. He sweat drops of blood, you know, there was this just heart-wrenching scene that we're given in the Garden of Gethsemane. Mm -hmm. But the joy overcame the anguish. And this is what it's like to live in Christ. Mm -hmm. We live in a fallen world. Our lives are full of suffering and anguish and problems and, you know, ugh. But Mm -hmm. the joy that Jesus gives Mm -hmm. overwhelms it. It overcomes the anguish of this life so that we can have that abundant life that Jesus died to give us. Friends, we have to look at the cross. Amen. We, we, as we look at the cross, we're enabled to persevere. We are. Um, it just somehow fills us with such love and such strength in the Holy Spirit that, my goodness, we get right back up and, and just press on. Yes, right? we do. So that is the motivation for the life of faith, Mm -hmm. is the cross of Christ, Mm -hmm. Uh, disregarding the shame. By the way, I want to apply this for a minute to relationships. Oh, great. Okay. Because when relationships get into trouble Mm -hmm. is when they usually start looking at the problems, the failures, the inadequacies of someone else or of themselves. Mm-hmm. So they're looking at the wrong thing. They are. And when both people get distracted and we start looking at the failures of the other one, let's say, um, now we become at odds. Now we are looking in the wrong place and so we're interacting together in a wrong way. Uh, I'm pointing out all your failures. I'm pointing out where you don't measure up. And you're condemning me because I... You see, this is all the wrong focus. Mm. So in relationships, if you and I will both turn our eyes upon Jesus Mm -hmm. and look full in his wonderful face, the things of earth, the problems in our relationship grow strangely dim in the light of his glorious grace in the light of the power coming to us from the cross because when i look at the cross jody i don't see failure in you i see success in jesus and he then has applied his success to you right so i have to view you from the position of the cross looking at you as holy righteous completely forgiven Mm -hmm. acceptable to the lord Mm -hmm. if you're acceptable to him I think you ought to be acceptable to me. Indeed, indeed. And and that's the beautiful part of um, how the cross of Christ impacts um, a daily relationships or our marriage. Specifically, I'm thinking about us right now. (laughs) We're together. Um, And and I'm telling you, um, when when we are able to look to the cross and see the wounds of Jesus, pleading not just for me, but for you, Mike, yeah. When I see Christ's wounds pleading for you, right, and for me, then we are, his blood, his love uh, displayed on the cross covers over the multitude of our sins. Mm-hmm. Uh, yours against me, mine against yours. You know, 
it's the most healing. Peter, one of my favorite verses, we know it. First <laughs> <laughs> Peter 2.24, by his wounds we have been healed. Oh, the best news ever. And so if we've been healed from whatever wound we've inflicted on each other or ourselves, if we've been healed from that through the cross of Christ, but our experience is not yet that, right? I'm hurting right now because you've said something uh, to me or uh, some the neighbor did something rude or mm-hmm. somebody cut me off, whatever. Okay, so if I'm hurting in this moment, do I need to look to the person who hurt me? Or do I look to the person that healed me, mm. right? I look to the one that healed me and the one that healed me helps me forgive mm. as I've been forgiven. Come on now. That, right? That's I beautiful. mean, that's just like the most beautiful, exciting, liberating truth of the cross. Mm. This is the power of this message is that it doesn't just save us. Mm-hmm. It daily saves us it is saving us present Mm -hmm. tense yeah and not just us personally but our relationships right exactly well let's look at verses three and four and see some further expounding on the message of the cross you want to read three and four oh okay think of all the hostility he endured from sinful people then you won't become weary and give up after all you have not yet given your lives in your struggle against sin so he's asking us to compare the sufferings of Christ with what we're going through. Uh, and does it come down to the fact that you have not resisted sin yet to the point of shedding blood, of giving your life? He's calling us to look at all the hostility he endured. So we look at it. Look at how they mocked him. Look at how they pounded a crown of thorns on his head. Look at how they nailed his feet to a tree of wood. Right. Look at how they stabbed his heart with a spear. Look at how they, uh, the thief on the cross was saying such horrible words, mocking him. Look at how the religious leaders and the governmental leaders conspired together against him. Do you have any of those things? Now, even if we did, we're simply called to mimic this perseverance mm. that of Jesus that took him all the way to the end. Yes. Because of the joy set before him. Mm. And we are called, Jody, to not give in to discouragement, right. to not give in to uh, people's opinions of us, mm-hmm. to not um, lay down in our Christian life. Uh, and stop the running because someone said something bad. Other people's opinions are not to have an effect on us. And you can see that again from 1 Corinthians chapter 4, where Paul said, uh, it matters very little of what you think of me. In fact, it matters very little what I think of me. Right. The only one that matters is the Lord. Yes. And when we have that understanding, we are enabled to run as we fix our eyes on Jesus, who didn't let all the criticism of the Jewish nation, all the horrible mocking and all the insults that he endured stop him from going to that cross. Right. No, he was going to go to that cross for you no matter what it meant. And that's the perseverance that we need to have as well. Right. I think that this is um, such a common thing in our in. Um, I guess as humans that we experience because when we see other people like there's 
tons of movies that are written from an inspirational perspective, right? They show you this person who went through this extraordinary experience and it's meant to inspire you, right? To give you courage to face your difficulties, right? And here, I think we sometimes can get settle for these lesser inspirations. But, but here we learn that um, focusing on Christ and what he endured on the cross keeps us from, truly keeps us from becoming weary and giving up, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, there's a, I don't know the author, but there was a book written recently by this military guy who, it's called Can't Hurt Me, I think it's what it's called. Anyway, the whole point is he had he's done all these extraordinary things. He's become past all these um, extraordinary physical um, tests, like through the military. Mm-hmm. All the different he's become a Navy SEAL and this and a that and a whatever. Mm-hmm. And he's he is the top of the top of the elite. And he wrote this book called Can't Hurt Me. And his point was to try to inspire people to not be weak and and lazy, mm-hmm. but come on, man up. Let's mm-hmm. you got this right. And I, you know, my heart just aches a little bit because we will fail. We are, we do get tired. We do get weak. I'm not strong. I can't become a Navy SEAL. They would take one look at me and go, uh, there's the door, you know, but, but Jesus doesn't say you be a Navy SEAL. Mm -hmm. You be, he says, look at me. Mm -hmm. I did this for you. I love you that much. And this is this encourages this builds up and gives strength. Right, yeah. If that Navy SEAL had given his life to save you eternally, right, right, then and of course that's Jesus. Yes, that's Jesus. Um, he's the greatest Navy SEAL uh, there ever was, <laughs> right? Because he actually did suffer unto death. Yeah. And that's what verse four is asking you to to do as well. To and there may come a time in the, in our nation in this world where Christians are physically persecuted unto death and at what what will sustain us during that time it's where we have a personal relationship with the one who died for us Mm. and who now speaks into our hearts his encouragement by the holy spirit right that gives me strength jody i know that if everything's going wrong in my life Mm. i go get alone with my god yes and i open his word and he speaks life to me. He does. By pointing me to the cross and saying, remember, Mike, I suffered in your place. Right. That's how much I love you. I went all the way to the cross. I shed my blood and gave up my spirit for you. Mm-hmm. Don't give up. Don't get give in. Don't let discouragement overwhelm you. Right. Look to me. And I will keep you to the end. He will hold us fast. He will. He will not let us go. He has the famous double Nelson hold on us, the Father's hand and his hand. So it's just encouragement on how to live the Christian life. How to walk by faith. Well, you fix your eyes on Jesus. You just, every day when you get up, you look to the cross and you fix your eyes there. And you experience new strength. Charles Spurgeon said, Who can resist his charms? One look of his eyes overpowers us. See with your heart those eyes when they are full of tears for perishing sinners and you become a willing subject. Mm -hmm. One look at his blessed person 
subjected to scourging and spitting for our sakes, will give us more idea of his crown rights than anything else. Look into his pierced heart as it pours out its lifeblood for us, and all disputes about his sovereignty are ended in our hearts. We own him, Lord, because we see how he loved us. Mm, right? Isn't that beautiful? And I have to say that when we look at Christ and we see that love pouring out and we lift up our hearts for filling, right? We say, oh, you know, yes, I receive that love. That love comes into our hearts and overflows out to our uh, friends, family, community, whatever. And it's not um, me gritting my teeth and I'm going to take care of these, you know, people today. Mm. I'm going to um, serve today. You know, it's mm-hmm. not like that. It's, huh, I, I think it's it's just this restful um, flowing that happens where mm. we're so full that we are able, um, even when we don't, maybe want to Mm -hmm. even when we're with people who can't give back to us even people who abuse us or or and i don't mean you know in a law-breaking way abuse like Mm -hmm. you should call the cops but um but i mean uh people who mistreat us or who are rude to us or things like that um children who are you know by nature living in the flesh right um we can, we can just receive this love from Jesus and it empowers us and enables us to live out the gospel mm-hmm. to our family, our friends, and our community. And this is what we want to do. We want to live in the gospel. Jesus died to set us free. We need to live like free people. And this is what Amen. they live like in love. Beautifully said. We are to run the Christian life, throwing off every weight, disregarding the sin, how do we do that? We fix our eyes on Jesus, who loved us clear to the cross, and now sits at the right hand of God in honor, because he's given the name above every name. At the name of Jesus, every knee will bow. He won the right to be Lord over us, and he wins our hearts the same way by his suffering and death. We hope that you enjoyed today. We look forward to talking with you again about New Covenant Living.